I think I'm done getting sponsors. Let's mix it up. Let's use this 19 seconds to talk about real issues. Like Obamacare. Is that still hot? What about Ebola? I haven't read a paper since Mumford & Sons were considered an indie rock band. It's the Anecdotal Experience Podcast. We're back. We're here. We're doing it. We're queer. Today's guest is Luke Stichter. I'm buddies with Luke. I met Luke in high school. We talk about what he was told in high school, what life would be like, what's adulthood going to be like. Um, Imagine right now what you thought, where you thought you would be right now when you were in high school. Then think about where you thought you would be when you were in college right now. Does this make sense? And then think about five years ago. Maybe that's all the same time. Maybe you're in college and high school right now. Are you where you thought you'd be? Maybe, maybe you are, maybe you're not. I'm not. I didn't really know where I'd be. I saw myself as like a traveling businessman. I don't even know, I don't know what that means. I don't even know, but I had a briefcase that wore a lot of suits. Um, I think I lived in like Venezuela for a while. I had no idea, I was such an idiot. I was like, well, I don't know. I'm just like doing business and Ven- What was I drug? Anyway, this was fun. Uh, This was a good, if you wanna do the podcast, hit me up just like Luke did. Let's do it. Let's do this with Luke Sicker. What did you, okay, well that, dude, we're here now. What, what did you expect? Cause what, what did you, what did you send me? What was the, your theme? I really liked what you sent. Tell people what it was. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So basically, um, you know, it, it the, the expectations that I had kind of growing up for what adulthood would look like is not what it ended up being. Uh, so yeah, just kind of talking, wanted to talk about that journey, I guess, of, of kind of figuring out, you know, how to adult and how to, uh, be okay with not always, uh, finding life to be what you expected it to be. And so, yeah, I mean, that's, my journey as an adult has been interesting because of that. Well, what was, what was your expectation when you were in high school, college? I think that was the time frame you brought up uh, when we were yeah, Facebook messaging. Yeah, so, what were you expecting? So, uh, you know, in high school, I would, you know, I got, we both went to Lakeland. So, you know, we, we kind of experienced kind of the same thing. And, mm-hmm. uh, I expected, you know, going out of high school, I'd go to college and I'd get the same kind of grades and it'd be just as easy. And, you know, I'd, I'd have the same kind of group of friends and stuff and then go to college and went to Indiana Wesleyan. And that didn't kind of happen. Well, it kind of did my freshman year. I made a bunch of friends and then almost all of them either transferred out or, I lost touch with because of uh, I ended up breaking up with my girlfriend at the time. And that was like half of my friend group was all of her friends that she had made. And so I basically, after the first year of, of college, I didn't have a whole lot of social interaction with people. So okay. I basically introverted really hard then for I tell about my senior year of college. So that expectation of like what my social life would look like was one of the first things that kind of shattered. And then what? Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. Let's like, I want to talk about that a little bit. Was it, were you not making the effort understanding that like a lot of your friends left, they transferred, they moved on and you're encountering a situation where you actually have to be actively trying to make friends and like you said, I mean, and your girlfriend, you broke up with your girlfriend, you lost some friends there. You're in a situation where you have to actively make friends. Did you, were you, did you go introvert hard because you were uncomfortable with that having to go look for friends or what, what was, what was behind that? Yeah. 
part part of it was yeah just the effort needed to kind of make new friends um and the the like the size of the school you know like and had what 150 200 students and we yeah, were there and then very small. I go to Indiana Wesleyan which is over 3,000 people on campus so it's like a massive shift in, in size and so it's just like I every day I'd see people I've never met before on campus and it's just like I I, I also at the time was playing an MMO so a lot of my social interaction actually came through um, playing that game and so I was able to kind of get that that friendship dynamic from the people I played the game with as Ooh. opposed to actually the people that I was on campus with. Do you so think, that was part of it. That do you think that was healthy? The what? Do you think that was healthy? Was it World of Warcraft? No, it wasn't. It wasn't WoW. Um, I kind of refused to, to do WoW and that was that was about the only good choice about it because I definitely put way too much time and money into the game that I was playing for a good chunk of my college years. Um, but I also, I learned things though. Like looking back, yeah, I, I definitely like prioritized it too high, but at the same time, like I definitely learned about myself from it. I learned about, you know, what I was capable of. Um, and I met people in the game who, who recognized that. And that's kind of how I made friends. Um, was through people who, who understood like that I actually had a role to play in the game and they looked to me often for leadership and for advice and I was I was one of the leaders. I ended up becoming one of the leaders for um, my server, which showed me that I was capable of being a leader even though I was very much an introvert. Interesting. Able to kind of help people and teach people. So you found it... <clears throat> Wow. Okay. So you developed leadership qualities through playing an MMO. Yeah. With that, I trick. almost wrote my senior paper on that that topic. Did the did the leadership what you had in like in the virtual world? Did it translate to the real world? Like either during your life or later in life? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, so my summers, I I was a camp counselor. And so I'd work with, you know, 10 to 15 junior hires a week, generally a different group at a time. And so, you know, those leadership skills that I picked up by playing the MMO, I could use then to, to kind of organize and lead my, my campers um, and make sure that they were, one, obeying the rules, but also, two, that, you know, they were being cohesive as a group and including everybody and enjoying the camp experience as best as I could. Okay. So do you roll, um, those, okay. So was it like two years you would say you were pretty hardcore introvert when you were in college? Yeah, I'd say pretty much my sophomore and junior year, um, or kind of when I introverted really hard. How do you, how do you look back on it now? Do you look at it as like a positive thing? Like you learned how to be an independent person or do you look back at it as like, I wish I had more friends. I was lonely. Uh, I'd say I look look back at it and I could have been friendlier with people. Like I would often turn down people who invited me to like hang out or whatnot. Okay. Um, I was just like, yeah, I, I, I just, I don't feel like it. And, I guess I also kind of, I was, I was that, that those years I kind of realized that I was an introvert. Like I'd, I'd never really thought about it a whole lot. Like I knew what introverts were, but I had always kind of had that, that close group of friends and I always was fine hanging out with them and I was comfortable. And then going off to college, I had that. And then that kind of was gone after the first year. And so I didn't really know how to operate in that space of not really having close relationships with people to hang out with. And then, people, you know, trying to invite me into their spaces. I was like, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not comfortable with that yet. And so, dude, that's yeah, totally aided. No, that's I've, I actually, that was a lesson I learned in life was being able to say, Oh, I don't want to hang out with you. I'd rather be my, I'm introverted as well. So there were a lot of times yeah. <laughs> people would ask me like, Oh, you should come to this thing, come to this thing. And it was, it took me a while to just say, 
come to terms with the fact that I didn't want to hang out with them. I'd rather have been alone. Like, it's okay yeah. to not want to hang out, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so that was that was one of the lessons that I had to learn kind of in that two-year period was, you know what, it's okay that I just didn't feel like hanging out with people. And I was okay being on, being on my own. And when you grew up in a big family like I did, like I don't remember if you remember how big my family was. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm the second oldest of eight kids. So like, I had a massive family. Right. And so there was always just, I was always just around people. And so, you know, going off to college and having my own space and like being okay with just being alone and understanding that it's okay. That sometimes I just want to sit in front of my computer and watch a TV show or something or play a video game and not have to deal with human interaction. That's, yeah. that's okay. Yeah, that's uh. So okay, if you compare your expectations, uh, your college expectations when you were in high school versus what they were, um, are you happy with the way they turned out, or are you? Do you know what I mean? Were you thoroughly disappointed, or were you like, you know what, it went a different way, but it ultimately went the way it was supposed to go? Yeah, I think I think by the end of my senior year, um, the the only expectation that I had in high school that I didn't really meet when it came to college um, was kind of my career path. Like, you know, I, I left high school thinking, okay, you know, I do pre med because I'm smart. Okay, I'm good at science. And then after one semester of pre med classes, I was like. Yeah, I don't like science this much. <laughs> okay. So I switched to history, wanted to be a teacher. Um, but I ended up, because, because I was on a four-year scholarship uh, and joined the program late for the education program, I ended up dropping the edu- the education part and just graduated history and social studies. Like, well, if I want to be a teacher, I can always go back to school or I can get my master's degree or something Okay, and, and become a teacher that way. Did you really so want to be a teacher? Of like, Did you want to teach history? Yeah. I mean, I enjoy history. I actually now have my license. I finally did go back to school and get my teacher's license to teach history. Um, even though I'm not, currently teaching and that, you know, that's another, that's another thing, but we can get to that, you know, in a bit after we finish talking about kind of the college experience and expectations there. Um, but yeah, so like going from high school to college, I thought, you know, I know what I'd be doing. I'd have, I'd leave college and I'd have a job. Like I'd have a career set path set as soon as I graduated from college. That's probably what you were told. One expectation that would yeah. And you know, that's, that's what I'd seen too. Like all of my, like my parents, my dad, well, my mom was stay at home mom, but my dad, you know, went straight from college and started working in accounting, got his CPA, got his master's. And then he went to Grace college and he's now still teaching there. Yeah. Um, as a accounting professor at Grace, but it was just kind of that expectation of as soon as you're done with school, you're going to end up having your, job and you'll find your career there and you'll build a family and buy a house. Is that what you wanted to do though? I thought that's what I wanted. You know, I thought that's what my life would look like. So, you know, when I graduated high school, I figured by the time I was 25, I'd be in, you know, I'd, I'd have my career path set. I'd have a wife, maybe a kid, I'd have a house. And here at 30, I have none of those really. So Okay, wait, I want to talk more about this idea of, because I I was, I don't know, I forget who I was talking to, I was having this conversation, they asked, like, they asked me what I wanted to be, or what my expectations were in high school, and then in college, Uh, and mine might have been similar, something like that, I, but Mm -hmm. ultimately, I didn't. I didn't have a clear idea of what my life was going to be like. I kind of had these thoughts of what I would tell myself it was probably going to be like, but it has turned out nothing like that. Ultimately, I remember talking to you one time and we were talking about, 
I think we might have actually been talking about the girl you ended up dating. But at the time, you told me you were just you were friends with this girl and you were just like, you know, yeah. it's fine the way it is. I have no interest in making it anything different because it's fine the way it is. And it, it, I still think about that because I think like your life, you have these expectations like I'm going to get married and it's like you're not going to get married if you don't want to if you're not putting yourself in positions where that you're not taking steps to get married you're not you know what i mean like i didn't i don't want to be married right now but if i imagine myself in a few years maybe i'm married but ultimately it's like how do you get there joe how when you're 30 are you going to be married if you're 28 now and you're not dating because i'm not doing ultimately you you won't get to that point man yes and i haven't even begun you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like you can't, you, you can't just expect, you know, to wake up one day, walk, walk outside and, and meet somebody. And it's like, Oh, I'll just give you a ring and we'll get married. And that'll be it. Like that doesn't really work that way. You know, anymore. I think I did. I think I kind of figured maybe I was, cause I used to be, you know, I don't know. I don't want to say I'm not a Christian, but I used to be a Christian and I used to think, yeah. Oh, well, you know, there's like a plan and God will like put a woman in front of me. It sounds, I mean, probably when I was younger, that's probably what I thought, but like, Oh yeah. Now I I totally get that. Yeah. But now that for me, it's like, no dude, you have to, you have to do it. You have to like get your heart broken. You got to put yourself out there. You got to go on terrible dates. You got to put work in if you want to find someone, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. What's your, okay. So you, you didn't, you didn't get married at like 23 and have a kid by 25. How, how do you feel about being 30 and not having those things for five years? Yeah. I mean, now I'm okay with it. I've had to, you know, I've kind of had to live past that expectation for a while. I'd say in my mid twenties, that was definitely hard. Like, at that point, my younger siblings and cousins were starting to get married. Now, none of them have kids yet. Okay. I think, well, yeah, none of my younger siblings or cousins have kids yet. Uh, so in some ways, like, that's made it a little bit easier because there aren't families. I don't, like, see young families in my own, like, extended circle of, of relatives and stuff yet. But that's probably not too far off. Um, but so, did you want that? You know, if I'm not married in five years, then that might, you know, really get harder. And cause that expectation, you know, I, I expect, and I use the word expect kind of liberally in this case to be <laughs> married in the near future. Like I'm, I'm putting in the work, like I'm, yeah. I'm trying to date people and you know, I'm, I'm putting myself out there because I know, you know, that's, not going to happen unless I actually, like you said, put the effort into meeting people and going on crappy dates sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, let me ask you, what is there, you said, you know, you haven't seen your, you know, relatives and brothers and stuff don't have families yet, but do you see, do you see them and do you want what they have? Do you see like a family running around uh, and, you know, like a, guy looking after his kids and whatever capacity do you see that and say man i want that i want to be there yeah no i i I do uh because i mean i i have a lot of friends from church and stuff that are young families you know families the parents are around my age but you know they had gotten married out of college or high school and so they have kids that are you know, younger to even middle school age now. I mean, that that's that that's also crazy, and we we can talk about that. Maybe the fact that like I, I see kids now who I went to school with their parents, right. and they're like in their teens. It's like, hmm, <laughs> I'm old. <laughs> that makes I okay. All right, for me, I'm blessed because. I'm, you know, we're like pretty much the same age. I'm going to be 29 in a couple of days. Um, but it's, yeah. I see people with children, with like old children, 
And I like my life, man. I like the lifestyle I live. Um, I see people with babies. I see, you know, I have friends that have babies. Uh, I have friends with wives. And dude, I, I don't, I'm, I like what I have. I do, I'll tell you this, a wife, maybe, I'd be interested in that. But a baby, yeah. absolutely not, dude. I don't <laughs> want, I have no envy for someone that has like a baby. Yeah. Uh, if possible, like if it would be possible to have a wife, have a kid and then just skip like the first three years of that kid's life. Yes. I would be totally fine with that. Like babies are a ton of work, man. I yeah. Mean, I, I know that just from being like a person a in the kid, world with babies. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like I had, I had to help, you know, take care of my, my baby siblings when I was younger. So it's like, I, I basically had parenting training when I was growing up. Right. Because. But that, okay. But after a baby is three years old and now he's just kind of like a kid, he's pissing and shitting in toilets. You're, you're like, this is, this is, I want that. Yeah. Like that, 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 that would be, I'm totally fine with that. Like I get along fine with that age, that age, that that's a fun age in my opinion. Like when they're old enough to kind of be self-sufficient, like they can take care of themselves enough. Like they know, Oh, I need to go to the bathroom so I can go to the bathroom or I, I'm hungry. I can get food. Okay. You know, so there, yeah, it's that age where they're starting to do things on their own and being able to do things without you having to help them. What attracts you about the family man lifestyle? What, what, uh, what are you most attracted to about that? What's appealing? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I guess, Part of it is just, you know, it's my background. Like I come from a lot of strong families mm-hmm. where the, that family like value that, that traditional family value, um, you know, kind of that, that Christian calling of, you know, find a wife and raise kids because they're going to be the next generation to spread the gospel. And so that's part of it okay. for sure. And part of it is, you know, I just, I have a desire to have a family and, and to be kind of the, the leader and the protector and the provider for that. And I think in many ways, that's kind of just the man, like I believe guys are kind of inherently created to be providers and be protectors. Hmm. And so it's kind of just my manly nature biology in many ways to want a family and to have kids. Yeah. Okay. Very interesting. So what's, uh, what's, what's your life like now? Where are you living? Like, what's your, where are you working? Um, and how, how is it? Yeah. Uh, so I'm back in Warsaw, your hometown uh, kinda, for people who have no idea who yeah. any of us are. Yeah. More, more, more or less. I, I grew up in Bremen, but it's only, you know, 30 minutes away from Warsaw. So I've lived in Northern Indiana my entire life, basically, mm-hmm. um, except for the couple of years, the few years that I was uh, at school um, down in Marion and, and Muncie. And then I lived in Anderson, Indiana for about a year. It's kind of my first real job out of college. Uh, oh, really? What was, which, what, where was that? Uh, so yeah, I was, I, the first kind of job that I got was working in insurance. I lived in Anderson, kind of working with low income families and section eight, like demographic, which was very eye opening. Like it kind of made me realize the disparity um, between social classes because Anderson's very much low income families. Mm-hmm. A lot of town is a college town too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that was like, as far as life experiences go, I think that was a necessary thing for me because it made me realize the need for community and, and how if a community doesn't take care of the lower classes, the whole community is brought down by that. Really? Because um, it just, it'll, it, it's almost, 
I don't want to call it like a disease, but it, it just kind of creeps into the fabric of the community and expectations get lower for um, the values and the standards within the community. And I kind of saw that just working with uh, the people in Anderson and trying to, you know, say, well, this is what this insurance company is offering you. And this is what you bought into. And in many cases it was like, you know, honestly, you're paying more money than you can or than you can afford for something that you don't necessarily need, but you're already bought into it. So it's too late. Like, how do you tell that to people? That was so hard for me. What, or what type of insurance? Uh, so mostly life insurance. So you're telling people um, that they're bought into this life insurance policy, but you want to tell them this isn't worth your money and your current socioeconomic status. Yeah. Like that, that's kind of what I ended up, I ended up leaving the job kind of because of that. Um, the company itself was, basically going downhill and they ended up filing for bankruptcy a few years after I had left and washed mm-hmm. my hands of the whole thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it, it felt almost predatory. Like the fact that the company was kind of like just selling stuff to people who, these people. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're selling these, these policies to people who really might've been better off, you know, putting their money, into themselves just improving their, their standard of life or yeah, their health or something. Wow. Instead of, instead of buying this life insurance policy, which they'd often fall behind on payments and default and lose it anyway. And it was just, so it felt, yeah, it felt like a kind of a predatory environment where, where people were just out to get sales and for their commission and instead of actually worrying about the, the well being of the, the client. Not the, uh, I, the, not the job out of college you were expecting? No, not at all. Not at all. Um, and it was just kind of, it, it's what I found. Like, you know, I thought after school, uh, you know, I'd be able to become a teacher or something, and that didn't work out. Like, I, had, I was in the process of applying for, um, a transition to teaching program through Indiana Wesleyan after I graduated and I got everything ready. I had my application submitted. And then the day after the deadline, they called me and they said, Oh, we're sorry. Uh, you didn't get entered into the database before they ran the schedule. So they're like, you can apply next time. And oh, we'll really? Okay. And then did you just didn't and, apply again? And I was just, I, I was like, well, screw that. You know, that's, I'm going to have to wait another year or whatever be, for the next start date. And that was kind of my plan. Like that was, that was my plan was I would work part time and I'd go back to school and get my teacher's license. And when that door was basically shut, you know, I had no idea what I was going to do. So I ended up finding a job working in insurance and it was just kind of like, a job, you know, and right. Well, I ended and, up doing that for about a year. Yeah, that's the thing. When you're younger, a year seems like a long time. You miss a deadline for something like that, and then it's, someone says, "Try again in a year." When you hear that at like twenty three, twenty four, you you think, "Oh yeah," or maybe twenty two or something. You think, "Oh, a year." Well, whatever. I'm just gonna pivot and do something else. But, I mean, now, I mean, we're, you know, pretty much, yeah. you know, 30. It's like, oh, okay, I can wait. A year is not that much of my life. And, it, you know what I mean? If it's something like that, something you want to do, you want to be a teacher, you wait. You know, you're like, oh, only a year? Okay, I can make hay while I'm waiting, you know? Yeah, no, for sure, like, the, the span of time becomes easier to see the older you get. And that was yeah. a conversation I actually had with one of my friends like last week. We were just kind of talking about how, you know, now that I'm 30 or once you hit your 30s, like you look back and a year doesn't seem all that long. Like, no time. yeah, when you're in your early 20s, fresh out of college or whatever, a year seems like, you know, a massive amount of time. So it's, it's harder 
for sure to like wait a year to, for something to happen. Like you, you go by a year for a job or you wait a year for a relationship or like, you know, wh- whatever. So for sure. Like I, I, you know, and that was one of those lessons that I had to learn was that I was okay. And just live that, live that season that you're in and be okay with waiting for something that you want because it didn't work out that time. Yeah. I guess it's uh it's patience really, you know, um, which is hard to have when you're younger because your life has been so short. A year seems like a colossal yeah. amount of time. Even, I mean, I think about that too when, and, and this comes to people. Do, I see people do this a lot. They think, Oh, I missed the boat on that let's take yours for instance so you miss the boat this one time all right and then you think whatever screw it i'm done i don't want to do that at all so and then you start to think some people do this like you obviously have your teaching license now but some people never go back and do it because they think they've already missed the boat and every year that goes by they think oh i already now it's getting later and later and i can't it's already too late it's like it's not already too late you're fine. You can yeah. still do it. Like there was a line from a movie. It was, um, I forget what it was. It was always mistress America. This girl says, Oh yeah, I never, I never went to college. Um, you know, that's how she kind of describes herself. And then this woman says, that's like, you can still go. That's not a permanent state. Just matter of factly. And yeah. I was like, Oh, she's right. People always do that. They say, I never went to college. I just did this or that. And it's, like rather than say, oh, well, that's whatever you can like just saying that's not a permanent state. You're not just a person that didn't go to college. You're whatever age you are. You can still do. Obviously, if you want to be a model and you're like 3000 years old, that's a bad idea. But it's never <laughs> too late to just try what you want to do. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, just realizing that life is about experiences and just because you missed out on an experience in your younger years doesn't mean you still can't have that experience in the future. Yeah. And it also means that you just had different experiences that you wouldn't have had otherwise. Yeah. So it's not, yeah. I don't know. Cause I've done that. I've like waited even, I mean, there was a long time where I wasn't doing like comedy. I wasn't doing podcast. I wasn't doing, um, I was doing a lot of music, but like I wanted to do comedy. I wanted to do videos and stuff. I wasn't doing mm-hmm. it. And the further it went along, I was like, well, I guess it's not going to be something I'll do because I haven't started it since I was like, I haven't started since, you know, I'm, I'm 25 already. I'm like I was 25, man. I was 25 and yeah. I already was thinking, well, it's too late for that. Like what a dummy I was. Then at, you know, 26, I was like, all right, I'm just going to go for it. And I did it, you know, rather than thinking, it's just so ridiculous to me to think, yeah, dude, I was 25 and I was already thinking it was too late to like have some, you know, be creative and do stuff. Yeah. Like how dumb. Yeah. So when did you get your teaching license? Uh, yeah. So, um, after I worked that in insurance for about a year, year and a half, I actually, I, I ended up moving back then to Warsaw, um, and I actually ended up working for Grace College for about two and a half years. And while I was there, I reapplied to that program um, to get my teacher's license. And things like went way too smoothly. Like apparently they had kept all of my files from the previous time that I had applied. And so when I went in to like reapply, they basically just needed my deposit and I was good. Right. Like they, they accepted me on previous merit and, so that was like, for me, just the fact that things, that things went so smoothly was a big sign that this was the right decision moving forward. Um, so went through the program, you know, knocked it out of the park, had a really great time, um, being in the classroom and teaching. Um, and then, so I ended up at the beginning of 2017 then. So almost a year and a half ago is when I got my teacher's license and I substitute taught then for the spring. So I ended up, my program ended at the end of 2016. 
So I kind of had a half a year before it was likely that I'd find a teaching job. So I did substitute teaching, had a couple of long-term substitute positions that I did for a couple of different schools for Warsaw and for Triton. Um, And then I started applying for teaching jobs that summer of 2017. And I was like, you know, this is it. I'm going to, I'm going to become a teacher and I needed a summer job. So that's how I ended up working at Zimmer Biomet. Um, And that was my summer job. I thought, you know, I'd do that for the summer and then I'd find a teaching job. Okay. This is an orthopedic company in Warsaw, Indiana are, you know, pretty much for all intents and purposes, our hometown. So you got a summer job working at like an orthopedic, like the big employers, the industry of our town. Right. Okay. So yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're the largest employer in in the County. And this was supposed to be a temporary thing. But you yeah, are going to be at work. I, I had in, gone in an into hour. it. Yeah, I yeah. It was going to be temporary. Okay. So what? What happened, man? So yeah, I, uh, I applied. You know, for several different teaching jobs. Had a few interviews. I ended up having an interview right at the end of the summer, so like two weeks before school was supposed to start. Um, at the school, I did my student teaching for the position I had student taught, and I didn't get it. Oh, really? And yeah. So you were already and, had experience doing the job and then they didn't give it to you. Yeah. And it wasn't, it wasn't. And the reason they gave, it had nothing to do with their, their belief in my abilities. It was because I interviewed a committee and on the committee was the principal, the seventh grade teacher who was my mentor for student teaching, the other seventh grade teacher who physician I would be filling because he was moving to eighth grade to teach and then two teachers who didn't know me. Okay. So out of the five, they were kind of divided on my interview because I came in and interviewed after a night of work. So I was, you know, spent for the day because, you know, the morning is kind of the end of my day. Okay. So I was spent, didn't have a lot of energy. And so they ended up going with the other candidate. There was basically, I was one of the last two because she showed more energy. So it had, yeah, it just came down to the fact that I was tired and she wasn't. How did that, how did that, were you heard about that? I mean, it was hard to hear, but it also was just like, well, I, you know, at the time it, it just, I wasn't thinking about that. I was, you know, trying to answer the questions best that I could and, you know, put my best foot forward, but energy levels, and when you're tired, sometimes you're just tired and you can't help it. And so I, I took it as a sign as I'm not supposed to teach yet. And I was making good money working for Zimmer. So I was, you know what, I'll just work there for a while, save up money, buy a house maybe. And then I'll go back, you know, I'll look for teaching jobs next year. And so that's kind of what I'm doing now is still working for Zimmer, still making good money and, you know, if I don't find a teaching job, I'm okay. Still working at Zimmer. Okay. And well, I have a few questions for you. Um, yeah. Were you, cause from what it seems like the way you describe that situation, it's who were you upset with? You didn't get the job. Okay. First of all, were you upset when you didn't get the job? Uh, not upset. No, I was disappointed because okay. I thought I would be a perfect fit. Like I, I knew the school I knew the, the teachers I'd be working with. Would you, you know, say I this, felt. would you say it crushed you? No. Okay. No. Why I not? I don't think it did. It seems like something that would crush most people. Yeah. I, I think a younger me, it, definitely. A younger me, if that would have been me coming out of college, I had done my student teaching at this school and then I applied for basically the position I had student taught in and they said no, that, that definitely would have devastated me. But then, you know, being 28 or 29 and hearing that same news, like it's that life experience. Like I, I just kind of knew, well, if it didn't work out, then that's, that's not what I'm supposed to be doing with my life for 
that period of time. And maybe it's just, I needed to wait a year or maybe it's just, maybe I'm not supposed to be teaching right now. Maybe I'm supposed to be working for Zimmer. Yeah. So I think that comes. It's be, it's, yeah. It, it's being okay. Like I, that's kind of, that's kind of one of the biggest lessons I had to learn was being okay with whatever season you're in. Yeah. And like, sometimes waiting for something is what you're supposed to do in life. Like, and waiting a year for me, waiting a year for a teaching job, you know, maybe that's, I'm okay with that now. Like something I'd still like to do, but I don't necessarily feel like I have to move halfway across the country just so I can teach. Right. No, I know what you're saying. You can, I think, you get more perspective as you get older. First of all, you get more perspective because you encounter more disappointment and you realize that there is disappointment. Things don't go your way a lot of the times, but then they pick up, man. It's seasons. Like you said, it's ups and downs. And the more downs you have, the more you realize that they're only for a time. And um, you know what you want to sacrifice and what you can afford to sacrifice and what you'll change and you also know when to be patient and write it out, you know? Like you said, you could move to a different town um, to be a teacher, but, you know, you know it's not the best decision for you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel at home at Warsaw. I have made friends. I have a community. I have a church. I've got family nearby. Just feels like this is where I'm supposed to be. So... That's, I'm not, gonna, not necessarily willing to sacrifice all that just to go teach somewhere in a town that I know nothing about and know, wouldn't know the area. And I think that also probably has to do with me being an introvert and I'm just, I'm okay being content and just having my little slice of the pie. Yes, dude. Nice. I love that. Content with your little <laughs> slice of the pie, man. Like, that's what, I mean, I feel that. I mean, my life's way different yeah. from many times when I've imagined it. But I feel like more than ever now, I feel like, dude, I'm set. Sure, like the insane goals that I, you know, had put in my mind, maybe I haven't reached or whatever. But I, I've fallen upon a life that I'm actually, like, happy with, you know? Yeah. You, yeah. you like, like that, and and some people think like they they have to go farther than that in life to be successful or to, to like have a life that matters and yeah that that's putting too much pressure on yourself. You you don't need to be like a super successful, super famous person to make a difference. Like sometimes it's just being who you are. And stepping into stepping into whatever life gives you for that that year or that moment, and just doing doing your thing, like being yeah. okay with doing your thing. Dude, that's I I heard um, this pod. Uh, you ever um, <clears throat> there's a podcast WTF Mark Marin, uh, James Franco. Know, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. You know the podcast. Yeah, I, I don't listen to it often, but I know the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he did an interview with James Franco and James, it's, it's the whole, I mean, it's a biblical concept, but it's like, you die to yourself. You die to all the things you imagined and you think you deserve in life and that you wanted and that you aspire to have and you die to Mm -hmm. it. You say, you know what? I may never get it. I may never reach whatever thing I wanted and I may, who knows, but you come to terms with the fact that you may die never having got, you know, a wife or kids or a family. And once you, once you die to the aspirations of what your life could be, then you can really ask yourself, like, what do I like? What do I, I'm only here on earth for however many healthy years. What do I want? What do I want to do? And then just do that stuff. Don't like live in the, you know, future of you and your aspirations, but just like come to terms with that may never happen. Now what? You know, 
what now? What do I like? What do I want to do? Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely, there's definitely a lot of wisdom to living in the present and doing things that are happy as opposed to constantly looking forward to the things that you think will make you happy or the things that you think will make your life more fulfilled. Like you can find, you can find fulfillment in the day to day things. Yeah. Like it, it's okay. Just finding the one thing that, that gives you joy in life and pursue it in the present and not think that you have to wait for that thing to, to take place in the future. Like, yeah, I, I have expectations of what things that I want for the future, but I don't necessarily wait to have those things to be okay with my life. Yes, that's what it is. And that's, I agree. I'm in the same position because I'm, I am okay with my life and I am, or I, okay makes it sound like I tolerate it, but I'm very content with what I have. Yeah. Yeah. Content. I like to use that word a lot. Yeah. Well, what is your, what is your, I've been doing this a lot. What is your final thought? It can be relevant to what we were talking about, but what is the Luke Stichter? Like, hey, I'm Luke Stichter and here's something I've learned in my life. And I think take it or leave it, but this is advice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Luke Stichter's kind of life advice. I'd say kind of two parts. The, the first one is, you know, life is a journey. It's, it's going to take time um, for things to happen sometimes and being okay with that. Like realizing that one year or one month or, you know, 10 years sometimes is the time it's going to take for some, uh, a, a dream or an aspiration to be realized. And yeah, you have to start somewhere, but at the same time, you can't expect things to take place instantaneously. Life, life takes time. Um, and then the second is learning to be content in the present. Like don't constantly put your expectations on the future has to happen in this way, or I'll be happy when I'm in the future. And in doing so living without joy in the present, like learn to be content with what you have, kind of step into the season you're in and, and uh, find the things that make you happy in the day to day. Dude. Yeah. That's, I heard someone say one time, like, if you're not like, if you're not grateful now for what you have, you'll never be grateful for what you get. Yeah. I was like, that's that's it. it. You know, like, if you're always wanting more and you're always looking at the next thing and then not being in the present and not saying, hey, I'm here now and life is good, even though I do have a goal, I have a plan, I know where I want to get to, but mm-hmm. I'm here enjoying my journey. If you're just saying I'm miserable every day until I reach the end, then you're going to live a miserable life, you know? Yeah, for sure. Because like you said, it could take 10 years, you know? And that's, you know, if you're miserable for 10 years, you know, that's a, that's a price to pay. Yeah. That's a decent chunk of your life. Like when you look at your life as a whole, 10 years being miserable because you weren't able to to live in the present and find what makes you happy then instead of constantly waiting for what you think is going to make you happy in the future. That, that, that would be a waste of a life to me. Like, it's okay being content and, and having your slice of the pie, man. Yeah. Yeah. Life is life is good, dude. Yeah. I'm not going to complain. <clears throat> and everything comes at a cost, too, you know? You're going to, like, dude, you're going to have that wife and kids and that family, and you there will be times when you will miss the days when you were a bachelor, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know that. <laughs> You'll That's be like, I this enjoy was every moment of being single. There you go. Yeah. So, you know, I think the more experiences you have, the more you just realize like, hey, it's all kind of a wash. Everything comes with a price. So. Yeah, there's a trade off. Like, 
I don't know if you watch a whole lot of anime, but one of my favorites a is whole lot. Alchemist. Oh no! Explain it. What's the what's the? I don't. I've never seen it. So, what's the thought? So the 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 main the main principle is equivalent exchange. Like you can't get something without giving something. Everything has a cost, and so that that principle is like that's that's one thing that that really stuck with me from that from that show is you know everything does have a cost. Like the only thing that's completely free, and this is this is me going to be a little preachy, is God's grace. We don't do anything. He just still gives it to us. But in life, everything has a cost. Yeah. Interesting. Well, awesome, man. This has been a ton of fun. Really appreciate it. Yeah. It's a bit of a item off the bucket list, I guess. Yeah, I dude. I wanted to be a podcast. Dude, guess. anytime you want to do it, just let um, me know. Tell me. Uh, just... If you pick a topic, you are doing a podcast. That's the way it works. Hey, I mean, if you ever want to do just kind of like a sports podcast, I could talk about soccer for, you know, hours on end. So like a World Cup preview or a World Cup thoughts or yeah, anything dealing with soccer, especially like I could, I could talk for hours. Dude, start your own soccer podcast, dude. 25 years and. I uh, see. That's the thing that takes time. <laughs> yeah, time that's another thing you do have to realize. Like starting a podcast or something like this, this is a sacrifice. Like doing this, it, it, there oh, have yeah. been many times where I've like thought about, I'm like, am I getting? Is this benefiting me more than it's being a detriment to my life? Like there are many times where I've thought about, like, is this? Am I enjoying my life when I'm doing... I've quit a lot of things because I've realized that, you know what? This is not worth the cost, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, think about it, though. No, yeah, I've, I've thought about it. And maybe if I had a friend or two who, who were willing to sit down and talk sports or whatever... I'll talk. I, I mean, well, I if you need a guest... Someday, if you need a guest, I would love to talk about soccer or basketball. Or football. Cool. All right, man. Well, have a enjoy your shift at work, man. Yep. Yeah. Um, I'm I'll do what I can. All right. Take it easy, buddy. Yeah, it was good talking to you, Joey. Yep. Yeah, you too, Luke. Later. Bye.